this really is one of like probably my top 10 favorite episodes balls a supernatural podcast with lizzie and missy this is another one of those like uh we talked about before like the palate cleansing episodes just yeah. because it's so funny and it's so far out there and then the next episode is like kind of heavy again mm-hmm. you know but the only difference between that and like the regular power cleansing episodes is the fact that like this introduces us to like that reoccurring character yeah i'm hold you're gonna hear me masticate in a second better than the other word uh, <laughs> call a priest <laughs> No, Meg's in there. Call Bishop Brian. Don't do it. Meg's in there. <laughs> Dude, you were possessed by a girl for like a week. So is Bishop Brian married? Like, I am so confused. <laughs> I don't know. I need to know these things. He said anniversary. Um, like, I... Like, anniversary anniversary? Or, like, anniversary you working together anniversary? I don't like, what know. Kind of... I don't know. Bishop Brian. Mm. I need to know these things. All the things. Because if Mary is a nun, like, you're not married to her, right? I. Eh, married to Mary. Married uh, to Mary. Eh. Yeah, though, I like this episode because it is lighthearted. I don't know. I feel like every episode he gets in later is like a palate cleansing episode, but also is a key point to the story without being heavy like some of the other key point episodes are. Right. I, I like, agree. When we get to uh, Mystery Spot, mm-hmm. the whole reasoning for that episode makes perfect sense, but it's not very serious, where I feel like the same kind of thing for this one. This I, I honestly forgot how funny this one was. <laughs> it doesn't start out funny at all. Oh, it did not. I was just going to say that it does not. It starts out like creepy old man. And then and the then guy like, falls from the, wherever he falls from, the window. After being either, like, accosted by a spirit or a zombie or... Yeah. Whatever uh, she was. Okay, let's get into it, because I can't wait to talk about the alien. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the dancing, probing alien. Yes. All right. Welcome back, I- everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the episode where we talk about alligators and dancing proby aliens. Yay! <laughs> and half-naked women. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Hopefully those numbers of guys listening goes up for us this week. Can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> the men oh. love us, Liz. They love us. Well, we love them too. So you <laughs> boys, you men, guys, keep listening. Share us with your friends. We appreciate that you enjoy listening to our voices. That was as sexy as I could get. It clearly wasn't. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> Do you want me to start with? Hi. Welcome to season two, episode 15 of Supernatural, where we talk about tall tales. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's my radio voice. That's it. You got them hooked, Liz. They are hooked <laughs> now. <laughs> and then I just made that sound. They're gone. <laughs> I... <laughs> okay, is she a let's... girl? Is she a hawk? Ah, no one knows. Oh, the joy of the internet. 
Uh, <laughs> when did this episode come out, Liz? Okay. So this episode actually aired February 15th in 2007. And we actually are only in one location this time. We are in Springfield, Ohio. More specifically, Springfield University. So I don't know if um, everybody remembers, but a couple episodes back, I said that there was one episode coming up where our friends ranked them the same number. Is this it? This is that episode. Ah, I hope it's a good number. They, I don't, they must have gotten together and we're like, no, we're just <laughs> going to do this one the same. So our friends, Jessica and Uncle Joey, both put this at number 43 on their list. Oh, wow. It's pretty up there too. Yeah. It's close to all the top. Right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So decider.com. So I keep feeling like I have to burp. It's not coming out. Sorry. It's a beer. Oh, there we go. <laughs> hey. Fizzy it was powder. a baby. It was a baby burp. <laughs> I appreciate your burping yourself though. <laughs> <laughs> In my chest. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, you know? Better out than in, I always say. I'm single and it has to come out somehow, okay? <laughs> People should listen to the cutting room floor when it comes out because I think I have a pretty good one on there. Oh, yeah. If that's your thing, guys. If you like <laughs> ladies that burp. Single I'm, ready to mingle. I'm your girl. I'm a, I'm a babe who can belch. Oh, yeah. Okay, so decider.com, number 43. Uh, she says, even without knowing that it's Gabriel screwing with them, uh, our first meeting with the trickster is a hysterical blast. Aliens, gators in the sewer, some Rashomon, alternative stories from Sam and Dean, and we get an episode that's indeed too precious for this world. I appreciate everything she said in that because it <laughs> is mostly true. And it's our first real like delve into each of their minds about what each thinks of the other. It, it is hilarious. Uh, we'll get into we'll get into that. Yes. So that Uncle Joey, I just I just spit everywhere. You're a mess right now. <laughs> My God. Uh, Uncle Joey says the first episode with the trickster later revealed to be Archangel Gabriel. Like all trickster episodes, it's a lot of fun. Uh, with this one featuring a string of weird happenings at a local campus. Okay, so my last Urban Dictionary for a while uh, is actually Trickster, Ooh. Uh, which they said is a sneaky little shit who practices <laughs> the art of creeping. Somebody, <laughs> somebody who likes to play jokes on others. <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. Mm -mm. I agree with that. Okay, so now we'll get into our plot. You ready for plot? Plot, plot of Tall Tales. Oh, Tall Tales plot. After Sam and Dean have no luck in their investigation of several random urban legends coming to life on a college campus in Springfield, Ohio, they asked Bobby for help. That was a Stop. long, that was a long run on sentence where the comma was way too far at the end. Okay. I was wondering, I was like, is that dramatic? No, that, <laughs> that's how the sentence was, was like, written. Sam and Dean investigated an apparent suicide. Stop. No. There were dozens of urban legends involved. Full Stop. stop. He figures out that a pagan trickster, a demigod capable of manipulating reality, is behind everything that is pitting Sam and Dean against each other with the various pranks they thought the others were committing. They confront the janitor, Richard Spate Jr., 
of a building near where the manifestations occurred who realized his true identity. The trickster tries to bargain with them, but the hunters attack him instead. He retaliates by conjuring minions to defend him, but Dean apparently kills him. However, it's later revealed the trickster faked his death. And I have to say, um, all of our plots now are coming from Wikipedia. So. Okay. So I didn't write that that horrible uh, comma everywhere thing. That wasn't me. <laughs> I'm trying so, to figure this out because now I'm trying to, I'm very curious. What are you curious On about? how many times the tracer dies. Oh. <laughs> because I feel like he dies just about as many times as the boys do. Probably. Because he dies in this one and then he, I had to explain that. I was like, he's not really dead. Yeah. I forgot that part at the end. Like I like dead. how they say that he conjured minions. He conjured two girls in like, lingerie. And the and chainsaw then, like, guy. And the chainsaw guy. Yeah. Those are his minions. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. They didn't say they were good ones. They just said conjured minions. Uh, I really like the way that this episode was shot. I like the fact that you're getting... Even though at the beginning you don't realize you're getting like Sam's side of the story, but then there's mm-hmm. like, that, like that record record scratch where it just like stops and they're like that's not what happened. And then it goes into Dean's side of the story, and I really like that interaction the whole throughout the whole episode. I thought that was funny. It had almost like a like a Law and Order type too. Yeah, and I appreciate the Bobby like based on everything he's heard, just final look to them and like. You guys are dumb. You know exactly what you're fucking with. It's a trickster. Yeah. You get your head out of your asses. You, you stop you fighting with each other. That. Which, that, by the way, is, like, such a dad thing to say. Yeah. My dad says that. He's like, get your head out of your ass. He actually called it, like, Hoyas for a while. Like, head up your uh, ass syndrome. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. So that is, like, so Bobby is, like, such a dad right in that moment. Like, just get your head out of your ass. You'd be able to see what's going on. Yeah, and the crazier part of it, too, is, like, this episode started off kind of serious. Yeah. The, the, like we said, the creepy, it start, the creepy the girl teacher, yeah, who was not dressed for the weather, by the way. She was not dressed for anything. She looked like a no. virgin sacrifice that you would take to the <gasps> woods and, like, kill the sacrifice. Yes, and she's her all white and everything. Yes. Yes, I agree. And then she's like, yeah, and she never answered. And then she's like, actually, I have a confession. I'm not really in your class. And he's like, I don't want to take advantage of you. But then, like, starts making out with her. So did he – this is a question that I have for you. Do you think that he jumped out the window, or do you think she threw him? I think – Because we don't really see. We don't. But in my head, when it happened, I thought she threw him out the window. Okay. And the janitor seemed real calm, cool, and collected for, like, a dead body he'd probably have to clean up later. Yeah, he's just like, do-do-do-do-do. Oh, I just casually turned back at it, like, oh, what was that thud? Oh, hey, look, it's a dead body. That's cool. Hey, there's that guy. Should Hmm. probably call us in. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe I'll just go home. You never know. Oh, what else? What else? So much to talk about. Like, I can't even, like, pick... (laughs) Well, I just also, that the whole part in, oh my gosh, I'm trying to figure, is this what I'm looking at? Da, 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 da. Oh, this is the one, this is the one where I specifically made a note where I was like, did Dean really take his takeout out of a box, put it on a plate, and leave all of it on Sam's bed while eating it? Yeah, yeah. 
because I'm looking at it, and like he's literally eating it off of a plate. Yeah, is that the wing? But the takeout container, yeah, and the takeout container is on the bed too. Yeah, he just they, made more of a mess for himself. They don't eat on my bed, <laughs> dude. Do you mind not eating on my bed? And he's like, no, I don't no. mind. <laughs> um, and that's when they start kind of going at each other's throats because Dean asks him how the research is going, and uh, apparently he doesn't have his computer. Yeah. And then Dean's car is broken. <laughs> and that's where Bobby comes in. He's like, so, uh, nice seeing you guys a little soon. But, hey, you know, obviously you guys needed me because you're at a loss because you're dumb. I like when they when they finally get through the whole story and they start to fight on the bed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was so hilarious. Like, Sam is just enveloping little Dean. And, like, oh and then it, it stops. Like, it stops. And... Then they're like, and that's about when you walked in. Like an hour later, that's when you walked in <laughs> to Bobby. <laughs> but just where it stops on their faces was like hilarious. Oh man, they were like little kids again. That was so sweet. And they didn't actually hurt themselves. They were literally just wrestling each other. Yeah. Like little um, brother, little brother kind of stuff. And this is the one where we finally kind of get a little wild. <laughs> we go from like the seriousness of the episode without realizing it to what this episode really is because this is the one where they go to the bar the purple nurples and dean's doing purple nurples three of them three giant shots in a row of purple nurple i vomited in my mouth just thinking about that oh it's so gross so did she yeah <laughs> that girl reminded me of so many people in college like you'll be out at a party or out at the bar and they just like in their mouth and they're like i'm good to go kept it in holding my liquor we're fine <laughs> let's make out no no <sighs> no and that's after sam did his research where he found out about the room 669 which <laughs> doesn't it? exist get it turn it upside down <laughs> so she haunts the building yeah there's not even six floors in the building there's four floors which you have to be, because obviously Sam didn't hear about that, so I feel like that's just the campus urban legend. Yeah. So you have to be within the college to kind of know that legend. Yeah. That's another thing I liked about this, because I really liked the movie Urban Legend. Mm -hmm. From like the, whatever, late 90s, early 2000s. I really liked that movie, and that had this vibe, because it was, like, that first one was kind of like an urban legend. But the, the freaking alien just gets me every time. That was the most random. That's not, the first time I watched it, I just remember being like, are you kidding me? There's an alien. Like, there has to be something up with this. Like, I don't think they delve into aliens every time it gets me, though. And it's so funny. And that kid, <laughs> the kid in the bar just looks like a kid that got probed. Like... <laughs> just in there just putting back all the beer like i saw shit and it happened and i don't i can't i can't get it out of my head like he got probed in the bum and then he kept saying i got probed and then probed and then probed <laughs> and then probed again all but that the wasn't the worst part of it the slow dancing of the alien was the worst <laughs> they made me slow dance to lady in red <laughs> with the teeny little alien just oh looking up God. at him <laughs> so lovingly 
the alien just needed a companion. He just wanted a friend right then. He just wanted to be held. And then, and then Dean calls in a sexed up E.T. <laughs> Everything that Dean said in this episode, whether it was him or Sam's brain, like, for the fact that he calls the girl, like, a feisty little wildcat. <laughs> no, he's like, this is Starla. <laughs> this is Starla. I got a feisty little wildcat on the hook that I'm going to reel her in. And he's like, her name wasn't Starla. Okay, well, what was it, Dean? I don't know, but it wasn't Starla. <laughs> and then later on, like, the here's to, here's to us. Oh, Dean, you're so original. <laughs> and then the fact that she just stops for a second and she's like, my God, you are attractive. <laughs> what? And then he acts like he's trying to have a serious conversation with her and then she's all over him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and her, like, lawyer get up. Yeah, I mean, she cleaned up pretty nice from the drunk hooker from the day before. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, for sure. And I love the fact that at the end, obviously at this point we know what's going on in, in Dean's and Sam's head, but to hear Dean, and it's such a Dean thing, when Sam starts going, you know, we have a very, this is a very serious investigation. We don't have time for your blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I just so like how funny. he turns into, like, the mom where he's like, we don't have time for the fact that you're trying to pick up this girl, Dean. This is a very serious investigation. I really need your head in the game. That was, a, this is like, a Karen thing. Like, Oh, my gosh. Like, he was such a Karen. He was about to ask for the manager in, like, two seconds. <laughs> At least Dean admitted it, though. Because Sam's like, that's not how I seen it. And Dean's like, mm, that's how you sound to me. So. <laughs> that's how I hear you. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was surprised how fast they talked to the janitor and how fast that that crime scene was cleaned up. Yeah, that was pretty quick. Because the janitor was just like, yep, this is uh, where it happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've only been mopping like the sixth floor for years. Well, this and we get to see the EMF meter. Oh, it's back! We got to see the EMF detector again. It made a comeback! Also, like, props to that school for fixing that window that the guy went out really fast in. I know. It was like nothing ever happened. Because obviously the janitor had to be like, yeah, he went out that window right there. Oh, he did. Yeah, I definitely pointed over to him. Oh, by the way, as calm, cool, and collected as I am, yeah, I saw the dead man. I'm the like, one that Right after him. he nose dived out the window. Ugh. <laughs> and at least this time, like in the flashback, we do get to hear the voice in the motel to know that it's one of them thinking about something. <laughs> when Dean's stuffing his mouth like a chipmunk. Yeah. What were those, malted milk balls? I don't even know. I do love me a good Whopper. This episode, though, gave us one of, like, the famous memes. The you're too precious for this world meme. Oh, God. Or gif. Whatever one you want it to be. Too precious for this world. (laughs) I do appreciate, though, that at least this first investigation was, like, Sam's interpretation and yeah. obviously, the alien was Dean's interpretation. <laughs> and they get into, like, the whole total sibling thing at this point, which is also the most young sibling thing we've ever seen them do so far. Yeah. Which is like, Dean, stop touching my stuff. Just give me my I space. Wasn't, I wasn't touching your stuff. Oh, yeah, then why is my computer frozen on Bussy A's and Beauties? Hmm? Tell me that. It wasn't me. <laughs> Sam's like, I like the tea girls. Ha <laughs> ha 
Oh my goodness. Um, but that's also where they find out that like that whole urban legend doesn't exist because there's no room 669. Right, yeah, there's not even a sixth floor in the building. Nah. Um, and then inter- enters your alien. <laughs> where even like Sam and Dean looked like they had just seen shit that they can never come back from. <laughs> Whenever... Whenever the kid just says he gets probed, like, Sam just starts laughing. Like, he tries to hide it, but he's like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, this is not real. And then Dean's just sitting there like, what in the hell is going on right now? But then Bobby confirms he's never had a, a real solid evidence of a, an alien abduction, so. Mm-hmm. Possible. He it's would possible. know. Yeah. I also, I also like that the purple nurple makes an appearance again. All the nurples. <laughs> oh man, you gotta try a purple nurple. <laughs> It'll help you with the probing. <laughs> I also like the fact that the aliens also had a disco ball. Like, not only did they, like, obviously th- they took stuff from him, but they obviously wanted to set a mood. <laughs> they could have done that before the probing, though. You know? They could have I mean, pro- they could have been like, "Hey, let's get you in the happy boot and then probe you." <laughs> I don't know. For a second though, I thought that kid was wearing like a powder blue tux. But I think he was just in a button down, which is kind of, it was a little upsetting. I feel like they could have went that extra mile, you know, and dressed him up a little bit for their little dance. Mhm. <laughs> it's always going to come back to the alien. So I also like the fact that at this point, this is this is where Bobby's like, okay, but you guys are exaggerating, right? Like, like no. <laughs> this part with the alien is like what yeah. you're joking about. Not all the other stuff. I also thought that the fight in the auditorium was hilarious. Oh, the whole fight was hilarious. <laughs> like the the Jason Voorhees guy kind of going after uh, Sam, and then the one girl like beating up Dean was just. Oh my gosh. No, okay, hold on. I found the quote. I found the too precious for this world quote. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel like I have to say it, and it's my favorite. Because I had to go back and rewind it so I could watch this whole part together. <laughs> when he goes, Look, man, I know this is to be so hard, but I want you to know I'm here for you, brave little soldier. I acknowledge your pain. Come here. Too precious for this world. You, <laughs> so brave, little him, you brave little soldier. Kill me. Like, you don't know this dude. All you know is that he was probed again and again and again and again and slow dance the lady in red with an alien. Like, That's not even the guy that was probed. No. That was his frat brother. That was the frat brother. Yeah. <laughs> you brave little soldier. <laughs> brave little soldier. You're too precious for this world. Oh, because you were hazed a little too hard from, from the other guy who in the end got his. Because he was probed. Again. And again. And again. And again. And again. <laughs> and then one more time. <laughs> that, was, that was good. He's like, and then they did it again. <laughs> oh. So the whole episode was just hilarious. Oh my gosh. It was so good. And then something happens to Dean's car. The fact that, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Uh, when Sam compares Dean's food to Darwinism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not food anymore, Dean. <laughs> That's Darwinism. <laughs> I like the fact that Dean at one point was just like, I like it. It's fine. It still tastes good. 
And then they do the whole, don't touch my stuff again. <laughs> don't touch it. Although I have to give credit. Like, I don't know why, why Sam at all would say, how would you know, how would you feel if I screwed with the Impala? Yeah. Because then that shit happens with the Impala. And Dean thinks it's Sam. Yeah. You can't let the air out of the tires. You're going to bend the rims. <laughs> well, well, Dean, you should be checking your tires so you don't drive on flat tires. Oh. And These then how boys. about the guy who, like, literally just... I would at least bust out a flashlight before I'm sticking my arm down a freaking drain in the middle of the night. Yeah, I... Yeah. Getting ripped to shreds by an alligator. Although that was probably, out of these three, that was probably the most known urban legend I'd ever heard of. Yeah. And then we, then we had the Pittsburgh Gators last year. Yeah. I was just talking Gator, about that today with somebody. Gator in a, shop, a shopping plaza. I was like down at the Giant Eagle. There was an alligator. Just chilling in the parking lot. Can we talk about the bin body for a minute? Yeah, sure. That's what I'm calling the person that got <laughs> ripped to shreds by the alligator. Because it's literally in a Tupperware container. You're right, um, with the one alligator scale on it. Yeah, the one. That's all there was. Uh, like, they're standing over the body in the in the plastic sterilite container, almost throwing up because of the smell of the body. But then Sam just gets his head down in there. Like, oh, what's going on over here? Like, come on. I mean, it's just your oh, typical haunted oh, campus alien abduction haunted sewer gig. <laughs> TBD. You're right. It's <laughs> The usual. This happens every other weekend. I don't know what you guys are doing. Although you think about it, Sam got his face real close to the shedding of the shapeshifter in a couple episodes back. That always made me puke <laughs> in my mouth. You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. Not as close as Ronald, though, because he slipped in it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think. Oh, and then at the end, Bobby's like, we need to get the hell out of Dodge. Like, we need to go. And then Sam just stops and wants to have, like, a heart-to-heart over the roof of the Impala with Dean. Like, Dean, I just want to... Dude, I know. And then Bobby asks me, like, could you get your ass in the car? Like, we need to get out of here. Let's go, guys. All right, let's fucking come on. Hug it yeah. out tomorrow. I don't care. Why can't we have this conversation in the car as we're moving? Like, why do we have to have it over the roof of the car? <laughs> I don't know. I just like the fact that Bobby looks at me. He's like, you guys are breaking my heart. Let's just get in the car and go. Come on. <laughs> You guys are really pulling at my heartstrings here, but... Well, we gotta go. We gotta, we gotta wrap this up. I, I know we haven't gotten there with Bobby yet, but one of my favorite Bobbyisms, which is what they should be known as, is, do I look like a ditchable prom date to you? Oh my god, I forgot about that. Oh, it's one of my favorite Bobby quotes. I also like the fact that at this point, they still don't fucking know what they're dealing with until Bobby's just like, y'all got a trickster. Don't be yeah. dumb. Mm-hmm. And... Who's been also well, I guess they did narrow it down to the building. Yeah. Because I was like, how do they figure out um it was the janitor, but then I was then I remembered it was came down to the building and everything was around the building. Yeah, they said who's like at the center of the everything that's going on. But it was it was tricky at the end when he didn't really die. Yeah, because he's a trickster. Yeah. I mean, you would have thought that, like, Bobby might have seen that coming. And his death was a little dramatic. It was extended. It was an extended death. Like, oh, oh, I'm still not falling into the chair yet. <laughs> There's no blood coming out of my mouth yet. Like, 
slowly this is happening. Blood and... Yeah, just a little in the corner, just to make it look like I died. Although I completely forgot the fact that, that like the uh, magazine that had the aliens and alligators headline yeah. also had one that says "Cannibal Madman Chainsaw Family." Yeah, that was that the Weekly World News. Was that a Weekly that was World the News? One that the janitor showed up to his room and started eating all the sweets, and then made yeah. two women appear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's like, uh, I need something else. Although I do love his dog, and I want to know his dog's name. That yeah, that little dog jump on him. The Jack, yeah, the Jack Russell. Mm-hmm. Such a good episode. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And then the peace offering, the fact that he thought I give peace offering to Dean. Yeah. With the it, two women just I mean, in the auditorium. It looked like for a second he was gonna go for it. I think he thought about it, and then he was just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, I know, right. I know that you're fake, and the girl's like, but we feel real. And I was like, oh, come on. Also, why the fuck did Dean, like, did we f- hear anything about staking a trickster? Like, why did Dean have a stake? No, he's not that, a vampire. That wasn't, because they had, like, their fake fight, and then there was no mention of, like, how to kill a trickster. That was okay, all, like, behind the scenes. I just like the fact that throughout this whole thing, he's just eating a candy bar. Yeah. He's just nomming on a candy bar. Dies. Still nomming on a candy bar. He needs his sweets. But uh, I want to talk so much more about him. <laughs> Save it, Liz. But I guess I got to hold it as a trickster. Save it, Liz. I also was happy to know that at least the trickster didn't kill somebody else to put him in his place. Yeah. That it was a trick. I don't know. This episode was really funny. I liked it. It was I liked hilarious. It a lot. I love the trickster. It was hilarious. It was so funny. Would you like me to get into my random shit? Oh, shit. Yes. Where did we go? Ah, you lost, lost the random it. shit. Oh, there oh, it is. Shit. Came back up. Okay, so Sam's laptop gets frozen on bustyasianbeauties.com, which links directly to the official Warner Brothers site. Not sure if it still does, but apparently it did at one point. Uh, this also marks the first mention of Busty Asian Beauties, which becomes a recurring joke in future episodes as a supposed quote-unquote interest of Dean's. As we have found out, other interests of Dean's. Yes. Dean has quite a many varied interests. <laughs> Tentacle love. Oh, hentai. <laughs> this episode received its own special article on weeklyworldnews.com. Uh, oddly, the article explains one thing that goes unmentioned in this episode itself, that the stake used to kill a trickster must be dipped in the blood of its victims. Oh, uh, okay. So maybe Bobby did tell them after they got the whole trickster thing figured out. Does that mean they went go back to Bin Body and took the Bin Body blood? I would have to be, unless they were going to probe poor alien boy again. Oh, with that stick that was a big stick that was a really big uh, stick okay and can you like prick a finger and then like rub it on the stick i feel like they were way covered in blood that was a lot more yeah. than a finger prick <laughs> yeah well the bin body didn't have that much blood no maybe they dug up professor <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, Sam fights a serial killer created by the trickster which very much resembles Jason Voorhees 
and we have said before that in 2009, Jared would take on Jason in the remake of Friday the 13th. It looked like if Leatherface and Voorhees had a baby. Yeah, it looked like, well, one, that would be difficult. (laughs) Uh, But I guess a surrogate. They could do a surrogate. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it looked like a combination of... Who would do that? Mama Bates? (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) She can't. She's dead. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Who, Who would possibly do that? That's a good question. Annabelle. Oh, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she broke out. She wanted, knew to it. <laughs> she wanted to be with her baby. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, okay. God. It just keeps getting better. <laughs> uh, Dean intru- it introduces. He introduces. Not, he does not introduce anything. Dean introduces Sam to Starla as his shuttle co-pilot major tom uh, major tom is a character in several david bowie songs such as space oddity and ashes to ashes i, I see your heart i knew you were gonna <laughs> like that i put that in there just for you by the way oh, i love david bowie as soon as i heard him say major tom i was like i'm controlled to make major tom. i'm gonna go listen to that later oh, <laughs> well while you're listening to it um you can make a purple nurple Oh, do you have a recipe? I do. <laughs> uh, purple Nurple, actual drink. One ounce coconut rum. One ounce triple sec. A half an ounce of blue curacao, which I guess is how you pronounce it. I always say Caraco. People tell me I'm wrong. And two ounces of cranberry juice. There you go. Sounds very fruity. It does. Doesn't sound appetizing to me. Um, uh, mainly really I don't sweet like, and it's going to like kill your stomach. Yeah. I don't like coconut. So mm. that, that right there kind of threw me off, but I mean, it's purple and pretty. It is purple. It'd be like a Halloween drink. I would say you can call it the one-eyed one-horn flying purple people eater. There you go. <laughs> I like it. That's way better than purple nurple. Just toss like one of those a little, little like, a little longer to say, but <laughs> that's true. But just like toss one of those little candy eyeballs in there. Mmm. Oh, you can make like a like a ice cube. Like the yeah, for like the one eyed. Yes. Liz, all oh. the all the thoughts. All of these people can now have an amazing Halloween party thanks to us. You're welcome. <laughs> uh the band Junk Food won a CW CW. <laughs> I've only had one and a half beers. Okay. <laughs> the band Junk Food won a CW competition on MySpace. Oh, wow. Yeah, MySpace. Uh, Kids out there, if you don't know what MySpace is. Making us feel old. We are dating ourselves. It's pre-Facebook, in case you were wondering. Post-AIM. Post-AIM, yeah. The real, first real social media, I guess you could say. Your top eight, Tom was always number one. Anyway. So they, they won a CW competition on MySpace to have their song next to you included in the show. Uh, it actually plays while Sam and Dean are in the bar. Oh. Uh, when Dean is probably taking his shots of purple nurple. With his feisty kitten. Who pukes in her mouth. Okay. <laughs> uh, the building that serves as the exterior of Crawford Hall is the Iona building. 
which is located on the University of British Columbia Vancouver campus. It houses the Vancouver School of Economics and the featured stained glass window is titled Light of the World. It was a really pretty stained glass window. That was really nice. It was really prominent when they showed the building. Uh, pizza boxes in the hotel room don't have a 55 number, 555 number, as we learned last week, can be used for uh, TV. But Tasty Pizza Pie, 604-520-3232, is the number of an actual pizza place in British Columbia, uh, which is now called Hot Bite Pizza. Ah. So you can oh. actually get a pizza pie from there. I was going to say, anytime I'm over in British Columbia, I know what I'm going to be eating. Anytime you make it to Canada, <laughs> we're getting the, the pie. Uh, the trickster's dog is likely a reference, reference to Milo from The Mask, which is a 1994 movie, uh, which also has a Jack Russell Terrier. Milo belongs Oh, my to, God. Yeah, Milo belongs to Stanley Ipkiss, who is uh, Jim Carrey plays, who becomes the mask when he wears a wooden mask inhabited by the Norse trickster Loki. I did not make that connection at all and i hate myself but oh my god that makes perfect sense <laughs> how dare you oh my goodness not make that connection oh but i should have i'm not judging but i know beating myself up <laughs> okay the boys relating their mutually contradictory accounts of events shown in flashback to bobby who then determines the truth is a take on the 1950 movie Rashomon, in which four people tell mutually contradictory versions of events shown in a flashback, and the final account is assumed to be the truth. The narrative device is also used in the X-Files episode, Bad Blood, in which John Sheeban, who was actually the writer of this episode, was a co-producer. That makes sense. Especially if you're going to have aliens. Fucking alien. <laughs> the, tr the trickster says, get more ass than a toilet seat. In case you don't know, uh, means that he has the ability to pull the ladies. I don't know. Oh, uh, uh, Dean says, Poindexter, uh, which my dad always said that too. Hey, Poindexter. Uh, Poindexter was first introduced as a character in the Felix, Felix the Cat cartoon in 1958. The term now refers to people who are overly nerdy, geeky, or bookish. That is Sam, though. It is Sam. I mean, the man knew what a belly scale looked like. For real. For real. Like, he was just like, that's a scale. He's like, specifically, that's a belly scale of an alligator. Yeah. What? He does, he does a similar <laughs> thing in the next episode. With the tree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for another time, kids. We'll talk, just keep you on your seat. We'll talk about that next time. Uh, Bobby says, get the hell out of Dodge. Dodge City, Kansas was a temporary home of Wyatt Earp and was known for several famous shootouts. In case you were wondering. Uh, there are a couple goofs in this episode. Uh, when Dean walks through the door of the auditorium in the wide shot, you, you can actually, uh, a crew member can be seen in the control room dancing along to the music. No! Oh my god, I'm gonna go back. Can't and get watch enough this. of your love, babe. I guess, oh. I guess there's someone in the back, like you know, <laughs> kind of like I am right now. Can't get enough so of your love, babe. I love, I love the finger movements. Finger dancing is my favorite. 
this might go to video one day. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then at the ending scene, as the camera is focusing on the trickster's body in the auditorium, actor Richard Spade Jr. can be seen taking a breath. He took a breath. Well, I mean, he, he wasn't dead. In his defense, he's not I guess, dead. I guess you're right. That might have been a, that might have been a sign that he was not dead. But still, breath. These people. Okay, and because I know that you love him so much, I have a little, a little uh, biography on Richard Spade Jr. <gasps> Yay! Just some of the stuff he's done. I feel like it's pre it's pretty cool. Let me take a sip. What the whistle, as it were. Okay. Richard Spate Jr. He's an American actor. He was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. He later graduated cum laude from the University of Southern California. In addition to acting in TV and film, Spate also directs. Those credits include commercials for major brands like Pepsi and Buffalo Wild Wings, numerous episodes of the hit CW series Supernatural, Lucifer for Netflix, and 10 episodes of Kings of Con for Lionsgate which was a comedy series he co-created and starred in with fellow Supernatural alumnus Rob Benedict. He received a Hugo Award nomination for his directing debut on Supernatural, episode 1101, Just My Imagination, his fifth Supernatural directing effort, episode 1320, Unfinished Business, also features Spate himself acting in two different roles. In one scene, those two characters fight each other, which means in a rare television moment, it was Spate versus Spate directed by Spate. Oh, triple Spate. A triple Spate sandwich. Can we also talk about, I mean, I know how close Misha is with everybody, but can we talk about how Supernatural has spawned, like, these duos? Oh, yeah, him and Rob Benedict. Like, Jared and Jensen, mm -hmm. Richard and Rob. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. But I thought I just wanted to throw that little, little bio in there for you because I know how much you love him. I love it. He was in CSI at one point. Oh, really? That wasn't in my biography. I, <laughs> That's not in his or, IMDb page. I may or may not follow. He also like voices some Call of Duty characters. Oh, really? Yeah, my brother loves He was also in CSI. He was like in CSI, CSI Miami, uh, Band of Brothers? Yes. That, I think, yeah. He was in Independence Day. He was in Independence Day? He apparently played Ed. I'm going to have to go back and look it up now. Uh, and for all of our friends out there, we're still going to gonna, gonna uh, take donations for Liz's birthday <laughs> for her Richard Spate cameo. Uh, we'll get that set up soon because I, I, would I think that should happen and it would be amazing. Absolutely die. <laughs> <laughs> I adore. Adore him. We're all about making dreams come true here on Balls, a Supernatural podcast. So let's get that happening. Oh, he also was an Ernest Goes to Camp. <laughs> His finest performance ever. <laughs> yeah, oh. Band of Brothers. I think I remember him in that. He played Skip, a.k.a. Warren Muck. Warren Muck. Warren Muck. Ugh. Awesome. He's just the best. One of the, okay, I'll give him one of the best. Every time, I, over the place. Every time I go to say his name, I have to remember Spate Like Eight. 
spate. Junior. Like eight. Um, and I was waiting for this episode. Where did I put my notes? I'm so flustered. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what to do. I do not know what to do with myself right now. I don't know what to do okay. with my hands. I don't know. Um, okay, so to kick off, I'm going to say uh, my sources, which include mythencyclopedia.com, learnreligions.com, ultraculture.org, occultworld.com, Merriam-Webster, Britannica, and godsandgoddesses.com. I'm talking about tricksters. Oh, yeah. I mean, quite honestly. <laughs> I mean, you could have went the urban legend route, but... <laughs> I thought about it, but then I was like, mm, tricksters, because I know what I'm going to talk about in the other episodes he appears in. Good point. So... I figured I'd cross off the trickster first, since <laughs> obviously Bobby knew enough about it. You're like, a pen, done. <laughs> um, so first off, a trickster is a person who cheats or deceives people. And the first known use of the word was in 1711. Um, Lewis Hyde, a scholar, essayist, and writer, calls them boundary crossers, meaning oh. that they are like a, a demigod, meaning they pass in between the worlds of the gods and the humans. Um, generally, tricksters are male. They delight in breaking rules and playing tricks on both gods and humans and enjoy boasting. Whoa, they mess with gods. Yes. They're like, shoot, I'm not afraid of you. Mm, I don't know <laughs> I'm, about I'm that. half like you, so I'm <laughs> a joke with you. Um, most of them are shapeshifters who can take on any form, including animals. And characteristics of tricksters include childishness, being clever and intelligent, friendly, playful, lustful, Ooh. greedy, and helpful. I, I feel like helpful doesn't fit into all the other things that you just said. But if you think about it, it does later with our trickster. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, like, the craziest part is I'm doing this all this research, and I'm sitting there knowing what I know now about everything dealing with the trickster, and I'm like, they hit everything. So yeah. these writers did their research on tricksters and made it co cohesive. I feel like um, they're, because... they're really good about doing their research. Yeah, because you think about it, he's intelligent, clever, friendly, childish, mm -hmm. obviously very lustful. <laughs> no, Really? Playful, greedy, and helpful. Um, so the oldest sign of trickster gods uh, came about in the ancient Middle East and in Europe. They also showed up in cave drawings in France from about 18,000 years ago. Oh, is that it? I mean, as recent uh, as 18,000 years? <laughs> and they depict tricksters as creators, destroyers, thieves, seducers, and inventors of a language. Oh, okay. Um, so... I'm going to go into some of the actual tricksters throughout history and mythology because obviously this touches on one of them that we already know. Uh, so to start in Greek mythology, we had uh, Hermes, who is also known as Mercury in Roman mythology. Oh, I didn't realize Hermes was a trickster. Um, he is usually most associated with trickster and he, because he traveled between gods and mortals, a.k.a. being a boundary crosser, okay, um, and a messenger for the gods. He was the patron of magic and medicine. He carried a caduceus as a staff, which is that symbol, the medical symbol. 
Oh, okay. Uh, he carried that as a staff. Um, however, also in Greek mythology, there is the tale of Prometheus. And Prometheus tricked Zeus and other gods into giving humans the best part of an animal that was killed for a sacrifice. And then when Zeus refused to give fire to humans, Prometheus stole fire and gave it to them. Oh, okay. So there's one case of a god or demigod tricking another god or other gods. To be helpful to the humans. Mm-hmm. Um, so in African cultures, tricksters are generally associated with the rabbit or the hare. Um, and in Native American culture, they are often identified the spirits as animals that embody characteristics. Um, so the one that they most associate with the trickster is actually the coyote. And that's because the coyote is shrewd and troublesome, but is also a teacher, creator, lawgiver, and peacemaker. Um, so I decided to do, there are tons of tricksters throughout history, so I decided to focus on five. Um, so the first one is actually Anansi, uh, who it comes from West Africa, and Anansi is a spider with the ability to shapeshift into a human. Oh, sorry, spider. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the craziest part is a lot of these deal with animals shapeshifting into humans, which is crazy. Um, most tales originate back to Ghana, and most tales tell of Anansi facing a horrible death or almost being eaten alive, but somehow always being able to talk his way out of with his clever words. He's also known as the god of folklore and wisdom and has roots in Ashanti culture. He represents the importance of transmission of knowledge from ancestral lineage. So the second trickster is uh, Kumiho, and Kumiho is from Korea. It is an immortal, nine-tailed, flesh-eating, shape-shifting fox. Nine-tailed, flesh-eating, shape-shifting <laughs> fox. Yes, and my first thought when I started doing this was Naruto! <laughs> because in Naruto, one of the tailed beasts is a nine-tailed fox, which is the oh. one that, in, uh, embody, that Naruto embodies as a Jinchuriki which actually stems from a Japanese thing. So the Kumiho is actually inspired by the Chinese Hulijing, which is an anthropomorphic fox who transforms into beautiful women, and by the Japanese Kitsune. And Kitsune is Japanese, was a Japanese word for fox, and they are commonly found in Japanese folklore. Um, so a fox can become a Kumiho if it lived for a thousand years, and in Taoist traditions, fox could actually accumulate a great deal of energy and attain special powers throughout their life. Um, however, Kumiho uh, generally are evil and desire human flesh, so they are not exactly one of the better tricksters. <laughs> and where the trickster part comes in is that the Kumiho can, can transform themselves into beautiful women to trick young men, and if they successfully trick those young men, they then turn into a fox and eat the heart and liver. Oh. <laughs> well, that sounds like so, a good date. Boys, if she's too pretty for you and out of your league and you think it's too good to be true, it probably is. She will eat your heart and liver. <laughs> as a fox. Well, um, and these Kamiho are actually compared to the werewolves of Europe. Okay. Um, sometimes changing with the transitions of the moon, depending on what legend you want to go with. The third trickster that I have is Kang or Kang C-A-G-N 
um, and they hail from Southern Africa. They are known as the supreme God and creator of the universe. Wow. Um, has the ability to shapeshift into usually a caterpillar or praying mantis. Um, they have the ability to create animals, including bringing new species into existence. And whereas most are kind of on their own, Kang has a female counterpart named Koti, who appears as a guinea pig-like small mammal. How does that relationship work out? Uh, one's one... a mantis and one's, well, he's obvious, he is the mantis, so obviously he's not going to eat her head and kill her. But she's a, a hamster or a guinea pig. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, a... I guess. He That's not even close, okay? Caterp <laughs> caterpillar. <laughs> oh, no. So the last two are, like, some of the more well-known tricksters in a lot of history. Um, so number four is Coco Pelli. And Coco means flute. Pelli or Pilu means sack or bag. And they stem from a bunch of cultures. So Kokopelli is the Hopi fertility god, keeper of stories and legends. He sometimes appears as a humpback flute player who generally carries a sack, generally of seeds that he will lay and obviously cause um, flowers and other crops to grow and sometimes bring about spring. Um, he is I really thought you were going to say whale, honestly. You're like a humpback. <laughs> Humpback like, whale. whale. And you're like, no, a flute player. <laughs> yeah. He appears as a humpbacked flute player dating back to 200 BC. So it's like freaking uh, the hunchback in Notre Dame playing a flute. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Oh okay. Uh, so he dates back to 200 BC in pictographs and cave drawings of the Anasazi. Um, and those are generally in the intersection of New Mexico, Utah, Colorado, and Arizona. He also appears in the murals of the Hohokan, Mogolan, Hopi, Zunyi, Akoma, and Pueblo tribes. He was known as a magician, healer, and lover. He carried blankets and sometimes babies to entice women he wanted to seduce. If you bring a baby to me, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> not a way to seduce me. Okay. Saying, well, what if he's it pulling there. it out of his backpack? <laughs> I just got this baby in a bag. Hey, lady, I got something to show you. <laughs> I'm sorry, that does not put me in the mood. It just it really because wait till you hear this story. Okay. <laughs> oh, it can only get better. Oh, don't worry. Uh, his flute playing could melt snow and cause villagers to dance all night long in anticipation of spring. And afterwards, they would wake up in the morning and all the women in the village would be with child. Nope. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I am not coming to, to that place. <laughs> I hear I am not I'm out. Dancing all night. Uh, and that is the story of Coco Pelli. <laughs> he is obviously one of the more lustful deities. Put that on my list of one I do not want to come across. <laughs> and last but not least. Oh, I think I know who it is. Go is ahead. Loki. Yay! <laughs> I could have written like eight pages on Loki, but I kept it short and sweet. Um, so obviously, because I can go in more into Loki at a later date. Um, so Loki in Norse, Old Norse, actually means close or close. It's hard to tell because it's the C-O-L-C-L-O-S-E. I think it's close. 
Okay. Um, Loki is hails from Norse mythology. He is a trickster with the ability to change shape and sex. Oh, whoa, really? Uh, yes, he actually becomes a woman at some point. Okay. And I didn't want to say this, but I'm going to say this. So he becomes a woman at some point and actually gives birth to Odin's eight-legged horse. Mythology is a weird place. (laughs) Clearly anything goes. (laughs) Um, So just wait till you hear all the things Loki does. Okay. Uh, So described in the Prose Edda, Old Norse work of literature, as a contriver of fraud. He is known for bringing chaos and discord, but also change by challenging the gods. He is a half-giant. His father was Farbuti, who was a giant, and his mother was Laufey, um, which not much is known, but they think they, she might have been a lesser-known goddess. Um, he is associated with mistletoe, a helmet with two horns, and two intertwined snakes. He is also considered the god of fire. He is a companion to Thor and Odin. He was known to show up to banquets uninvited, demanding drink and a seat. The party crasher. Pretty much, yeah. Like, <laughs> Odin would throw a banquet and not invite Loki, and Loki would just show up and be like, okay, but seriously, bring me a drink. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> this is my space. Um, Loki is con- attributed with creating Hel, the goddess of death and the underworld. Uh, Jormungand, which is the serpent who surrounds the world. And Fenrir, the wolf. And Slipnir, Odin's eight-legged horse. That he gave birth to. He gave birth to. Um, <laughs> he would typically cheat dwarves at any chance he got. He tricked Hode into killing Baldur with mistletoe. And he stole Freya's amber necklace, which Heimdall had to fight him for and retrieve. Wow. So uh, out of all of these, Loki is the trickster of the tricksters. Uh, <laughs> with Coco Pelli being a real close second. <laughs> Number one, number two. Number one, number two. I saved those two because they were like the most tricksters. Um, I do have little tidbits of information. I love a good tidbit. Who doesn't? I Seriously. <laughs> uh, so in case you want to invite a trickster. Oh, I don't think there I There are <laughs> things you can burn in order to do so, such as uh, fennel, alemi, mastic, white sandalwood, lavender and wormwood um, and in order to keep tricksters from taking control you can burn incense such as frankincense and if you have a worst case scenario you can burn a dragon's blood incense i feel like the first set of things you described on how to get a, a trickster was like a freaking bed bath and beyond candle i mean pretty much can you imagine lighting a bed bath and beyond candle all of a sudden loki shows up she's like nah. Exactly. That's my point. Like, they don't know these things at Bed Bath Beyond. They're just mixing, mixing scents together. They're like, you know what sounds good? Oh, Let's put some sandalwood. fennel with some sandalwood. You know, yeah. toss, some, uh, toss some fennel in there just for fun. Exactly. And all of a sudden, you light your three wick, and it's like, holy shit, what's happening right now? <laughs> You're with child. <laughs> exactly. And you gotta go you light your some- candle. You light your candle, all of a sudden, you hear some random flute playing. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I feel like dancing. <laughs> Yeah, you wake up pregnant, then you got to go to the other store and get your uh, dragon's blood incense. 
But Can don't you're... worry because your crops will be blooming. <laughs> your tomato plants in the backyard. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cucapelli. <laughs> Appreciate you. But then you got to like to tend to this, the eight-legged horse in the backyard. Oh, that is such a hassle. You know? <laughs> I mean, four legs is enough, but like eight... Does that mean the horse is bigger? I mean, the bigger the horse, the bigger the shit you got to pick up. <laughs> how does right, an eight-leg gonna... horse run? That's what I want to know. How how do uh, all the legs? Uh, well, I'll send you the Norse picture of it. Oh my god, I are mean... you gonna share your screen with me? Let's see. I'm gonna try. Is it gonna Let's work? Are you gonna Hold throw? You're gonna throw in an ankle's ankle? Just. To... <laughs> oh, I can share screen. Okay. <laughs> call it the child or something the child <laughs> hey, hey baby yoda was that your background <laughs> apparently i can choose a bunch of shit can you see oh, my screen start to share your screen i see your hey. vpn yeah connect ignore that ignore all my post-it notes too but that's the eight-legged horse <laughs> oh my god okay, that's just like that's ridiculous okay <laughs> It's got like a really confused four it's like it's like a side it's like if you took a spider and you flipped it and put its head over its front legs. Yeah. It's not even like I pictured it like still two in the front but then two behind it. This is nope. just four coming out of the chest. And that's just It's okay. This Wait. one picture has yeah, like th that one six, has in six in the front, in the front two. and two in the back. Same How thing with this work? one. I think let's go with the regular. Four and four. That's Unless somebody so else out there knows a oh, lot more about the snare. This one right here, the one kind of above the penguin thing, that's not a mm. penguin, that's like a person or something. But that one up there, that's like two and two and two and two. Mm -hmm. That's what I, I feel like that's, in my head. Yeah, I feel like that's the more accurate one. Like in a row, not shooting out to the side. <laughs> uh, this is, oh, that's an anime. What? Did I spell Jorgamond wrong? I do I'll not speak know how to spell old, Speak or Old Norse. Jormungand. I, I spelled it right. Why did I go to... Okay, well, obviously my computer knows a little bit about me. It just goes to anime? Just go. If there's an anime choice, it goes to anime. Okay, so this is the, the snake Loki created that circles the world. Uh, Thor also fought this snake. Oh, I see that. Um, Wait, Loki also started. Yeah, it looks like oh. this. Oh, I see. Right there. Okay. And uh, Loki oh. also had some shit to do with Ragnarok. I like the rainbow in that one picture. You know, they try to be positive. <laughs> They're like a giant snake envelops the world. But hey, we got a rainbow. Here you go. We got a rainbow. There's the rainbow. Love it. The Midgard Serpent. Yeah, Loki created a bunch of stuff just for fun. S's and G's. Apparently. Oh, and this is Loki as a lady. Lady Loki. Oh. Okay. He essentially kind of like looks like himself. Yeah. But like if he was a drag queen. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it's in the comics, he takes the form of Lady Sif just to fuck with Thor some more because she was Thor's lover. 
Oh, oh, what? Yeah. Oh, so, okay. That brings some things into question. Yeah, Loki was like, I don't know. The most man-crazed of all women. Interesting. What's even worse is I'm reading more of this, and it just sounds like a really bad, like, shades, Fifty Shades of Grey. Because <laughs> all it says is, like, saying that she placed her washed, bright arms around oh. her. I refuse to watch those movies. I read the books, but I, I cannot get myself to watch the movies. I, just, I can't do it. I think it might have to do with who they picked for characters. Uh I occasionally go through things where, like, my friends will want to read excerpts from Fifty Shades. No. Just for funsies. I have never wanted to read that book to anyone. Those books. Anything. My problem with that is that I just. Anything based off of Twilight that started as a fan fiction that somehow launched, like, housewives to throw their aprons on the ground worldwide. <laughs> no dice. Because Twilight wasn't written well, and that's just written worse. <laughs> I did not know that it was a Twilight thing until after I read it, because then I probably wouldn't have read it. But even when I started to read it, I didn't really want to read it. I was just like, okay, people are reading it. I'll read it. It's not, uh, no, no, thank you. When does, ooh, that's a good, when does my trickster show up again? Oh, you know, I was just thinking that, and I did not... I think, I think, I can't remember if it's Mystery Spot. I think it might be Mystery Spot. Oh, yeah, it must be, because appearances. Season 2, Tall Tales. Uh, yeah, Season, season three, 3, Mystery, mystery spot. spot. And then Season 5, he shows up a decent amount with I Believe the Children Are Our Future, Changing Channels, and Hammer of Gods. And then, obviously, Season 13 with Unfinished Business. Why do I feel like he was in there more... Well, because I think, well, this is just the trickster. This is not... Oh, not... Okay. I gotcha. This is all just the trickster. I gotcha. We could talk... Obviously, we have a podcast. We could talk about Supernatural forever. And we just might. I think, though, next time, are we going to do a a twofer? A twofer in one episode? Yeah, so next time we're going to actually put episodes 16 and 17 um, because they're not very long and they don't. So we're going to toss Roadkill and Heart together. Yes. And then are we doing the same thing for... uh, Yeah, 18 and 19. Which are uh, Hollywood Babylon and Folsom Prison Blues. Mm-hmm. And then 20 would be alone. And then the two-part uh, finale. Ugh. We'll probably should do a we... episode. <laughs> I would say, should we just do those, the two-part together? That's what I was thinking, yeah. And just make it like a super episode? Yeah, like a... For all hell breaks loose? Yes, that's what I was thinking, if that's okay with you. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Instead of breaking it up, I think that's perfect. Yeah, I think if it just all flowed together, that would make a better. Because, I mean, it essentially is just one long episode. Mm-hmm. So we got some two first coming. Yeah, we got two parters. We got one two-parter. We're making one part. One <laughs> An extra long super-sode. <laughs> Season-ending super-sode. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to us. Thanks.
Thank you. I see you're gonna have to cut a lot of that shit out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I have to split it in half then. <laughs> um, but always like us, we say, um, like us, share us, um, send us messages, talk to us on Instagram and Twitter, um, at SPM Balls. And keep doing it. Great job, you guys. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Balls, a supernatural podcast with Lizzie and Missy. If you want more, follow on Twitter and Instagram at SBNBallsPod or email SBNBallsPod at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe and follow Balls on your favorite streaming service.